We become jealous of maybe the talents the Lord has blessed others. We become jealous of the the circumstances or the blessings or the family or the friends or certain things. And all of a sudden, that jealousy begins to take root. And all of a sudden, if it's not dealt with, all of a sudden you begin to see that it was once jealousy, but now it is fed into anger and now it is fed into bitterness and now it is fed into other areas. And all of a sudden, it started as just a matter of pride and that pride fed into the jealousy and that jealousy spread into anger and that anger spread into bitterness and that bitterness spread into many other areas. You see, jealousy is one of those things that the Word of God deals with, and as it deals with it, it's something that is killing many of us if we're not careful. Maybe this morning you've walked into the church and right this very moment, maybe you're thinking about someone or a situation. You say, you know what? I know I'm jealous, but I don't want to deal with it. Can I share with you, jealousy is a sin. Can I share with you, if you do not deal with it, then you are not right with God. I know that's hard to hear. I know you don't like hearing that. I know that we're living in a, in a world today where there are many people that are walking into churches and they do not like when sin is being dealt with. And even as simple as a sin of jealousy, if we were to say it that way. The truth of the matter is, it's things like this right here that are killing many of our churches in America. Things like this that are causing people to get out of churches. Things like this that are very simply right this very moment causing division amongst brethren. Sometimes it's churches that are jealous of each other. Sometimes it's individuals that are jealous of each other. Sometimes it's situations. But nonetheless, we're seeing it creep into many of our churches and many Christians' lives. As we take this serious and we begin to evaluate these things, we begin to ask ourselves certain areas of, of jealousy that creeps in. And we're going to deal with that here in a few moments. The word jealousy, if you are, or jealous, speaks of a state of desiring. It deals with envy. It deals with discontentment. It deals with holding a grudge. It deals with resentment. And oftentimes it is linked to bitterness. Because it is very hard for you to be jealous of something or jealous of someone and not have some form of bitterness within your heart towards that person. It is hard to have some form of jealousy within your heart or in a situation and not have any resentment towards that situation, that person, that church, whatever the case might be. You begin to think about this. We ask ourselves, well, does the Word of God really deal with it? Yeah, close to 50 times in Scripture you see resentment, you see envy, you see jealousy, all of these many things. As you go in, you begin to reveal all of the many things that are tied into jealousy. It's over 300 times. You say, oh, you're talking about envy. Okay, envy, close to 46 times in Scripture. Okay, envy is dealing with jealousy, but what about the, you you can't all of a sudden, no, because all of a sudden as you begin to get, get jealous about things, things like resentment, discontentment, all of a sudden you begin to see bitterness and anger springing up all because of jealousy. You say, no way. Look with me, 1 Samuel chapter number 18, if you would. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. Look what the Bible says in verse number 7. David has just been used. He's just done what many were unwilling to do and what Saul needed to be done, mind you. Bible says in verse number 7, And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Uh-oh. Right? All of a sudden, you're hearing all of the praise for Saul and David, but the praise that was being offered did not go to the liking of Saul. Saul heard his name, but Saul did not hear what he wanted to hear. It'd be like these two boys right here. We've got Jacob Lynch, we've got Jacob Frosley sitting up here, and both of them go and they do the exact same task. But it'd be as though that as I'm describing this, I'd say, man... 
these two boys cleaned the church. Jacob Frosley cleaned the nursery. And Jacob Lynch, man, he cleaned the rest of the property. And Jacob Frosley goes on, he's like, you weren't in the nursery. You didn't see what it looked like. You, you, you didn't know all of the work that went into that. Yeah, Jacob Lynch, he had the ease. It might have been bigger, but it was already, it was already you know, practically done. All of a sudden, jealousy, because why? He didn't hear what he wanted to hear. Notice, you say, what are you talking about? Verse number 8, and Saul was very wroth. The saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands? What can he have more but the kingdom? So now all of a sudden he is forming certain things in his mind. And David, David has done what he needed to be done. Saul says, hey, they've just said that he has taken care of 10,000 to me, just 1,000. What, what, what else could he have except the kingdom? David's not seeking this. David's just, just wanting to be used and be a blessing. In verse number 9, the Bible says, And Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand as other times, as at other times. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin. For he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of the presence, uh, out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. You see, in Scripture, the Word of God deals with this, this subject of jealousy. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching through and I've got a, a piece of paper that I've written. Many of these different subjects that the Bible til, deals with. Sometimes it's strengthening us and sometimes it's strengthening the church. Sometimes it's killing us or chilling the church, killing the church. Because as it gets into the child of God's life, all of a sudden the child of God begins to express these things without even knowing it sometimes. You, you might be able to hide the jealousy. You might be able to hide the bitterness. You might be able to hide some of the things that we're going to deal with or some of the things we've already dealt with for a time. But what's on the inside at all, always comes out at some point in time. What you are feeding into at some point in time in your life will come out and it will be shown to everyone around. So now we deal with this subject of jealousy. The Bible deals with it. James chapter number 3, verse number 16, the Bible says, For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. There's confusion in the midst of, of, of this, this pride and this, this jealousy that creeps in. As you begin to become jealous, all of a sudden you're confused. and There's confusion that is in the process. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, you say, okay, what are we going to do if we want to get past this, this jealousy, if we want to move past this? Well, in verse number 4 and 5 of chapter number 13, the Bible says, Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Love. I'll use this as an example me, Brother Zach, and Brother John were in the office just the other day, and, and Brother John had, had, had recently uh, a blessing, and, and this is something we all know. There are times whenever you, you want to share a blessing, but you don't necessarily want to discourage, or you don't want to come across like, hey, I'm the one being blessed, and I appreciate what he was saying, and I think we all understood that. But I told him, I said, look, I said, if we can't rejoice with you, there's a problem. Can I share with you, there are a lot of Christians that don't rejoice with other Christians because they're envious of those things. Don't you dare share a blessing with me. Look, I don't care how long you've been praying about that. If God answers your prayer, keep it to yourself. Hold up now. 
You mean you mean you you got that and you 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 get you get to go to do this you get to go here and you get to experience all that don't tell me those things keep it to yourself if we can't rejoice with each other there's something wrong look if you come to the house of God and you tell me that you've been praying about something for over three years and God finally answers that prayer if I don't hug your neck and say praise the Lord if I don't shake your hand and say glory to God if I don't rejoice with you if I walk away and I say man that's I've been praying for something about three years and the Lord ain't answered my prayer, then something is wrong. You see, we allow this jealousy to creep in and we begin to allow these things to take place in our hearts and all of a sudden bitterness creeps in and resentment creeps in. You see, in that right that moment, if I wouldn't have been able to, if Brother Zach wasn't able to rejoice with Brother John, and I don't even remember what the blessing was. I don't remember if it was an answer to prayer. I don't remember what it was. I just remember I was already dealing with this subject, and I knew that right then, Brother John didn't know. I didn't tell him. I said, in my head, I'm I'm logging that. That's going to be used. That's good. But at that moment, if I was not careful, if I was not right with God, and if I was jealous right then, I could have started to resent Brother John. Brother John comes in the next day. He's happy, he's excited, he, he's, he's just wanting to get at things, and all of a sudden he can tell, hey, what's wrong, what's wrong, Pastor? Did, did, what happened, what's wrong? So he comes to the office, and he, he might ask, hey, everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, resentment has taken place. All of a sudden, resentment turns into bitterness. All of a sudden, I don't even want to hear Brother John's name. Where did it start? God blessed him. God answered one of his prayers. I've been praying about something, but God answered one of John's prayers. You see what I'm saying? You ought to be careful of these things. The Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter number 2, verse number 3, let nothing be done through strife for vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem each other, or esteem other better than themselves. So you're saying, okay, so we're, we're looking at this passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter number 18. David has just done something that Saul needed to be done. David has come onto the scene. He has said, hey, is there not a cause? Hey, there's a giant that is, is talking about our God. Are you not going to do anything? If no one else is going to do something, I'll do something. And so David goes and he does exactly what needs to be done. And all of a sudden you fast forward to chapter number 18. And there's some ladies that are talking and say, David hath slain his ten thousands. What about Saul? Uh, he's, he's got thousands. Saul all of a sudden becomes jealous of these. Notice three points with me this morning. Notice with me the displeasure of Saul. Verse number 8, the Bible says, And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. This statement right here helps us understand this very wroth speaks of to blaze or glow in anger. The word displeasure speaks of how angered Saul was. He was very wroth and he was displeased. The Bible deals with this and helps us understand he was growing and glowing in anger. He was so mad about this situation. He heard something about someone else, and all of a sudden, his pride perked up. How dare they describe David and say, ten thousands and me, only a thousand. And he begins to allow jealousy to creep into his heart. And as you begin to realize that this is now a killing nature thing, jealousy is known for killing many relationships. Jealousy is known for killing many situations that need to be positive and forced. You know, there are many churches today that don't worship or don't fellowship together because of jealousy. They don't do things like we do things, so they're wrong. Hold up now. Why do you think you're right? 
Well, 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 they just, you know, they, they're a little different. Are they doctrinally sound? Absolutely, yeah. They're doctrinally sound. Okay, uh, what, what don't you like about them? Well, you know, they, they're, just, they're just different. Who cares? Why are we jealous about that? Why are we allowing certain things like that? You know, it's a, it's a sad thing whenever you, you, you really begin to realize these things. Whenever you begin to share blessings of God blessing your church or God blessing another church or whatever the case may be, there are many pastors that can't even rejoice with each other. Why? Because of jealousy. Why is God blessing your church but not blessing my church? I rejoice. Every Sunday evening I go home. And I will tune into certain services, and there are things that are taking place throughout all of this nation. There are many churches that the Lord is being uplifted, and I rejoice when God is doing something in those churches because I want God to do what He is doing there and what God is doing here. I want God to receive all the glory for those things. And I realize and I recognize this, if I can't rejoice with other pastors, and if I can't rejoice with other churches that are being blessed of God, then why do I think God should bless our church? Why do I believe God should bless my ministry here if, if I'm not willing to rejoice in God blessing other men of God's ministries? And we begin to allow this jealousy to creep in. And all of a sudden, it slowly kills off. You see all of a sudden pastors entering into the pulpit angry. What are you angry about? God is still good. We, we, see, we see churches that are, that are no longer growing in grace. Why? Because we have fed into this jealousy. We have to be careful of this. As you think about this passage of Scripture right here and what Saul is going through, you're going to get, quickly realize that this, the jealousy springs up as it is, it is dealt with in verse number 7. It's expressed in verse number 7 and 8, and it's fulfilled in verses 10 and 11. You see, in verse number 7, a statement is heard. Saul had slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. In verse number 8, all of a sudden the jealousy is perking up and the anger is perking up and all of those things are being fed into. And in verse number 10 and verse number 11, Saul, the Bible says in verse number 10, and David played with his hand as at other times and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. So it's being heard and it's being expressed in verse number 7 and 8. Jealousy creeps in. Verse number 10, the Bible tells us that the Bible is dealing with Saul here and says he has a javelin in his hand. And in verse number 11, it is expressed and fulfilled. Saul cast the javelin for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. Saul, why are you trying to smite him? Because he's coming after the kingdom. What? We're going to get to this here in just a second. What, what are you talking about? In verse number 8 and 9 and 10, you begin to see that he says, what can he have more but the kingdom? You know, as you go and you study jealousy or you study envying, you'll find that there are many things that take place whenever you evaluate certain situations that are going on. And there are many characteristics about the, the, the human nature of, of jealousy and how is it expressed. My father-in-law, I mean, my stepdad, a couple of years ago, uh, I say a couple of years ago, I can't remember when this was, but he was going through some training, and, and uh, I was probably either in my, my late high school days or early college days, but he had gone through some training in the military to be able to tell when people were telling lies. And it had all to do with the way that they moved and the, the, the body motions and all those things. For instance, if, if you were having a conversation and someone kind of looked up to the left or looked up to the right and, and all of these little ticks. 
And he was beginning to deal with it, and he was going through training on, on mental awareness and mental preparation, and, and he was teaching classes now, and he came to our, our basketball team, and he began to teach on this, and he began to elaborate on certain things concerning characteristics of, of things that are being expressed. And I have a, a, a notebook. We had a notebook in college and, and uh, in our basketball team, and there were notebooks with plays. And I have notebooks of plays, and I have all of these things on my, my old Dropbox and all this that I have screenshotted and kept. And I was looking at some of the things that he was addressing. And one of the cancers that you will find whenever you are going and you are evaluating teams. For instance, you go and you think about a basketball team. And a basketball team at the beginning of the year, they begin to evaluate these teams. They project certain teams to finish in certain places. And so they might say, all right, this team's going to finish 24 and 8. They're going to be at the top of the league. They're going to lead in these categories. They're going to do all these things. And all of a sudden, as the, uh, the season progresses, you begin to see, hold up, that team is not 24 and 8, but rather they're, they're like 10 and 22. What happened? Jealousy. Jealousy is a common thing amongst teams. Jealousy is a common thing that creeps into a locker room and all of a sudden it becomes a cancer and it begins to kill the relationships and it begins to kill all of these many things. A big story that hit the news this past year was there was a team, the the reigning champions in the NBA, had just won. They were living on top of the world once again. And, and as they were preparing for the, in the offseason, there was contract talks and all of a sudden one of the players punched another player. Hey, I deserve that money. Why is he getting that money? Jealousy. All of a sudden, it crept into the locker room. All of a sudden, it hit the news. It was a big ordeal. You see, today, we get to serve the Lord together. We get to worship together. As you walk into the church, we just had two young ladies that were up here standing. We have a choir that, that sings. We have certain people that are serving in ministries. And you might have walked into the church this morning. You've got some jealousy, and you're asking the Lord... Why do they get to do this and I don't get to do that? Why do they have that talent and I don't have that talent? Why, why, why are you blessing them but you're not blessing me? And all of a sudden you're allowing these thoughts and all of a sudden you're allowing jealousy to slowly creep in. So getting back to this characteristic, some of the things that I had written down whenever we were on the basketball team was some of these such as this. Some of the characteristics associated with jealousy, sometimes it's within a team, sometimes it's in organization, sometimes even in church. Impatience. Hurtful words. Frustration. Explosive reactions. Communications cut off. Irritability. And you could go on and you could go on and you could go on and look at each of these situations and you say, man... Are those things present in my life right this very moment? Am I jealous of this person? Am I jealous of this situation? Am I jealous of this occasion? What am I jealous of if there is any jealousy within my heart? All of a sudden, you walk into the house of God and you're wondering why you're not able to enjoy the Lord and enjoy the singing and enjoy the preaching and enjoy every blessing that God is pouring out on this place right now. And it's because there's a spring of jealousy that's perked up. And every single time you see that Person, every single time you think about that situation, every single time you think about that occasion, you slowly water that thing. You slowly water it. Growing up, one of the things that I was known for within me and my brother was I was known for being the picker. Are you the picker? No? Holly's the picker? 
Luke, Luke, I can see that. I can see that. And so Devin would grow up and Devin would do certain things and I would water those things. I remember one time Devin had a, an anger issue and I remember just kind of watering that by locking him out of the garage. We had a basketball goal set up in our garage. And so we'd go in wintertime and whenever it was raining, we had a little small basketball goal and we'd, we'd work on our dunks in there. That's where we'd dunk. You know, set the goal to 6'5 or whatever and we'd just, just dunk on it, play basketball. Lived in Indiana. It was a big deal. Basketball was. And so we'd play basketball. Well, I remember I just started watering that anger. I locked him out of the garage one day. He comes. He's trying to get out of the garage. He's yelling my name. Josh, Josh, let me in. He's getting mad. He walks around the garage. There's a window on the garage. He just punches a hole in the garage. Right in that glass. Just shatters it. And I'm just steady watering it. Oh, I'm going to tell mom. Oh, I'm going to tell, oh, Rick, you're going to get a spanking, man. Oh, ooh, just watering that thing. Can I share with you that's exactly what the devil does? You walk into church, you see someone you're jealous of. You see a situation, you hear of a situation. You go into family gatherings, you go to, to, to your workplace, you go into uh, your, your school, you, you, you name it, wherever there is any spring of, of jealousy creeping up. You know what the devil does? He just waters that. Hey, there's that. There's that person. Anger creeping up. Bitterness. Resentment. Oh, all of a sudden, you're walking in. Maybe it's the workplace, and that, that, work, that, that, that salesperson or that coworker or whatever the case might be, they're, they're, they're bragging about the, whatever the case might be. Maybe it's a, a vacation they just earned, or maybe some reward, or whatever the case And the devil's just, hey, did you hear that? Steady watering. You know why? We don't like to talk about subjects like this right here because we think, oh, it's not really that serious. Jealousy is a big one. It creeps into the church. It creeps into your heart. It creeps into your life. And all of a sudden, it slowly destroys you. You say, well, how how do you know? Well, go to, to Genesis chapter number 30 and you begin to think about this. Jacob and Rachel. Oh, she's not able to bear a child. And all of a sudden, what is she? She gets a little envious. Go with me for just a moment. Genesis chapter number 30. I want you to see this. Genesis chapter number 30, the Bible tells us here in this passage of Scripture, in verses 1 and 2, I mean, it starts out in this portion of Scripture immediately with this. The Bible says in verse number 1, And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied, think of jealousy there, her sister, and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. So now you've got some envy that's creeping in. What's the Bible say in verse number 2? And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead? Who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? Jealousy creeping in. Now all of a sudden you've got contention. Now all of a sudden you've got division. You go and you think about Cain and Abel. And all of a sudden you begin to see the displeasure in these passages of Scripture. Notice with me number 2. Not only do we see the displeasure of Saul, but we see the decline of Saul. In verse number 9, the Bible says, And saw I, David, from that day and forward. You begin to see that jealousy and envy begin to bring Saul's life to a difficult place of decline, and he's not willing to address it. He's not willing to allow these things to take place in the right manner. And so all of a sudden, you see some things in this story that unfold, that sometimes unfold in our own lives. The first one that you begin to see is that he became blind to the real enemy. 
David's not an enemy of Saul. David has just done what Saul needed to be done. David has just gone to battle. He's just slung his sling. He's just killed the giant who is mocking God. He's just taken all harm away by doing what he needed to be done. But now he is viewing David as an enemy. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 8. The Bible says, What can he have more but the kingdom? So now Saul is looking at David. He is now blind to the real enemy, and now he has created an enemy in his head. Can I share with you, brothers and sisters, we are not enemies here today. As you think about the churches of like faith in our area, we are not enemies to them. Clarksville is too big for us to reach by ourselves. As you think about missionaries coming on, and you begin to think about missionaries, it's not like we just bring certain missionaries and and a missionary that's going to Zimbabwe comes in and says, hey, I would go to Zimbabwe, but, you know, they're already there. Uh, I'm not going to go there. No, Zimbabwe needs the gospel. You think about other portions of, of this world and, and places that need the God. They, they're not creating enemies within themselves. No, the gospel needs to advance so we get to labor together. We're not the enemies. Satan wants us to believe that. All of a sudden, he began to hate David. We see that lived out. We see it expressed. But notice with me the third thing, or the fourth thing, rather, whatever the case might have been concerning this, is Saul begins to live in fear. Notice why he lived in fear. The Bible says in verse number 12, And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. Verse 14, And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Verse number 28, And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David. He begins to live in fear. He's created an enemy in his head. Now he is acting as though this individual is an enemy, and he's not. And there are some things in our own lives, if we're not careful, that the the devil will begin to feed. Sometimes it's scholastics. Sometimes it's sports. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's finances. Sometimes it's spiritual gifts, life circumstances, blessings, children, materialistic items, personality, friendship. We could go on and on and on. Things that we allow ourselves to get jealous over, and Satan is just standing over there, smiling and watering on it every single day day until it overtakes us can i share with you if you have come to the house of god this morning and you have any form of jealousy within your heart whether it's in your workplace whether it's in the church whether it's in your home whether it's in 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 your neighborhood whether it's in your friendships whether it's in your family anywhere at all can i share with you you are holding yourself back from being used of god the way the lord uses you he desires to use you I don't want, you know, I had somebody ask me four or five years ago uh, a question about preaching. They said, do you, do you ever worry about the, the, the people in your church, you know, desiring another preacher that you bring in whenever you bring them in like that? I said, I don't even think about that. You know why? Because I'm not, I'm not Johnny Pope. I wish I was. I'm a little jealous. I'm just kidding. I'm Josh Farmer. No, I'm not Zach Newman. I'm not John Mead. I'm not Scott Polly. I'm not, I could go on and list all of the many prayers. I don't get envious of them. Why? Because I pray that every single time that the word of God is being preached behind this pulpit, that God's people are being helped and the Lord is being uplifted. It's not about me. I don't want you walking out the doors of the church saying, man, that, that Josh Farmer, he, he, is a, he is a preacher. Now, no, it's not about me. I have no reason to get jealous of other preachers. I want the Lord to be glorified. Hey, it's not about me being, getting jealous of circumstances. Oh, man, did you see the altar was full in that service? Uh, maybe I'm not, just not being, no, it's, hold up now. 
hey, I sang in this church the other day, and, the, and you know, I saw that so-and-so sang, and people walked up to him and shook their hand and said it was a blessing. No one did that for me. Was God uplifted? Are you singing unto him? Or are you wanting praise to be offered to yourself or offered to the Lord? Yeah, I just, you know, it sure would be nice if they would come and shake my hand. Don't get jealous. Say, why is the Lord using me? Because you're wanting to steal His glory. The Lord doesn't share His glory. The Lord doesn't share His praise. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 4, Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who is able to stand before envy? Pride in comparison begins to rob us of these things. You think about in passage of Scripture, the prodigal son returns and his brother's angry. Man, what a sad story. You think he, he leaves and, and, man, his brother has just left and now he's coming back. Surely he'll be happy. No, why is he not happy? Because, hey, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't treat me like that. Hey, it was, always, it was always readily available. You didn't have to envy him. You think about Joseph's brothers. You think about Miriam. Jealous of Moses and the authority, and all of a sudden it led into criticism. All of those many things begin to lead into our lives if we're not careful. And so we begin to see the decline of Saul. Go with me to Psalm 73, and we'll wrap it up this morning. Psalm 73 is a, a passage of scripture that I've been slowly working through because we're going to be here soon. And if there was ever an individual that you begin to think about, this person was, uh, he wasn't necessarily a preacher. <coughs> He's not someone that you're going you're gonna to find and you're going to say, man, that is, man, that's who I want to be. Unless you're really familiar with him and you study him out. In Psalm 73, the Bible says a psalm of Asaph. If you go and you study the life of Asaph, you'll find that, I mean, this guy was, he's the real deal. You talk about musicians in churches, you talk about those who can sing, you talk about those who are gifted musically, this is, I mean, over 4,000 people, and David chooses Asaph. This guy is the real deal. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 1, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. So he, he starts off with a strong statement. It'd be as though, in this pastor's scripture you're going to see here in a moment, as though I start off and I say, The Lord is good, but... You see, when we make statements like that, and then we start the next statement with the word but, we're saying, yes, he is good, but I desire something. But I question something. But I wonder about something. Notice what he goes on to say. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was, notice these words, envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Asaph is being used of the Lord. Asaph is chosen by, uh, by David. Asaph is a musician of all musicians. David has chosen him. And all of a sudden, Asaph himself begins to question some things. And Asaph is trying to get to the place where he is acknowledging some things that he is battling and he is dealing with. And he goes on to say, hey, I, the Lord is good. But I see a lot of prospering of the wicked. Can I share with you, if we're not careful, we dealt with this briefly in our Sunday school class. If we're not careful, we begin to look and analyze the world and we think we're missing something. And all of a sudden, we're jealous of the, the materialistic things. 
We're jealous of the lifestyles. We're jealous of the, the things that they're able to do, the things they're able to buy, the places they're able to go, the, 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 the portraits that we see, that, the, that social media and the news and the, the, the magazines and the television and everyone portrays about their lifestyle. They don't show you the pain. They don't show you the hurt. They don't show you the, the agony. They don't show you the days they're going to, to bed and they're empty because they know they have the nicest of nice. They have the, the whatever they could do. They have this. They have that. But they, they're empty still. They're not showing you those things. And you begin to see that Asaph is wondering, hey, I'm doing these things good. You're good. But I, I kind of, I'm a little jealous of some of this. Notice what the Bible says as you continue reading in verse number 17. Verse number 16, the Bible says, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. So he's trying to process it. All right, I'm doing good, but they're, they're not, but they're, being, they're prospering. Verse number 17, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast us down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. Verse number 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. You see, the final thing we see is the danger of Saul. Saul takes the javelin. He's heard some words. That were expressed. He's allowed those things to feed into his heart and he's developed some jealousies, developed some anger, he's developed some bitterness. And with a javelin in his hand, he has become so far removed and he's created an enemy in his head. He's allowed some things to be portrayed and he, so the danger is he takes it in his hand and he, he slings the javelin at David. Only to realize three times that the Lord is with David. And so now all of a sudden, he's struggling through. He's allowed jealousy to be built up and he's allowing it to be watered. Can I share with you, church? If we're not careful, we like to only acknowledge the things that grow. And if we're not careful, we only want the preacher to preach on the Word of God specifically and reading our Bibles and spending time in prayer and being faithful to the house of God because, hey, that's stepping on our toes to, to a degree. But, hey, we agree we should read the Bible. We should pray. We should be in church. But all of a sudden we begin to discuss some of the things that kill. Hey, preacher, I sure would like if you stop preaching on pride because I don't have any pride. You prideful saying it. Preacher, I sure would like if you'd stop preaching on jealousy because I'm, I, I don't have any jealousy. I don't have any anger. Bitterness? What are you talking I'm not bitter about anything. And that might be the case for some. But in an auditorium this size, there's many people we have here this morning. I dare say, if the Lord's dealing with me on these things, I would think He'd be dealing with somebody. 
said, you know, I'm, I'm jealous of some of the things that are taking place in my workplace and why do they get this and I don't get this? I'm jealous of uh, that family structure. Why, why is that family blessed? Why, why have they had to go through those things? I close with this this morning. Miss Kelly and I, a couple of years ago, I would imagine she experienced this. I know I did. But after she had her third miscarriage, the first miscarriage, I was caught off guard. I was upset. <clears throat> I said, Lord, you just, you're going to have to intervene. We need you here. wasn't angry yet. Second miscarriage, I was hurt. I didn't know how to help her. didn't know what to do. didn't know how to express it. didn't know, you know, you, you, what, what can I do? I don't know the pain you're facing. The third miscarriage, I remember... Just like you would in a, a just a normal situation, uh, it was one of those situations <clears throat> where I was kind of asking the Lord, "Our right, Lord, it's, it's getting a little old. Why, why, why?" I remember us sitting down talking, and there are so many people in our world who, at the drop of a hat, can be, get pregnant just like that, won't have a miscarriage, and they're living an evil and wicked lifestyle. Now, I remember us being tempted to say, why, why are they getting a child? Yeah, we, we have Jackson and Holly. I acknowledge that, and, and, and we, we praise the Lord for it, but it doesn't make losing a child any easier. And I remember us talking and, and expressing that they're living like the devil. Why are they getting that? Why, why are they getting to experience all of that without any of the pain that they're experiencing here? All of a sudden, that jealousy of the situation was taking place. Angry. I was angry with God for a, a few minutes before He just smote me. A little bitterness creeping in. Questioning. All of a sudden, I realized I had been taking my eyes off of God in the situation. Placing my eyes only on myself. Can I share with you, in our own lives, one of the reasons many of us, if we're not careful, allow jealousy to creep into our hearts is because we take our eyes off of the Lord and the blessings that He's already given us and the joy that we have in Him and all of the happiness, and all of the, 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 the spirit of serving, and all the many things we get to do, and we place all the emphasis on ourselves, and we begin to look only at ourselves and what we don't have. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but I do know this. If there's any spirit of jealousy in you, you say, I may be a little jealous. A little still means sin. Kind of like the, the, the growing up, people would say, oh, it's just a little white lie. Still a lie. Can I share with you this morning, the Lord doesn't desire that you live in a season or with a spirit of jealousy. Can I encourage you? Get it right with the Lord. It's not going to help you grow. It's just going to slowly kill you. As you begin to think about this picture right here, you see the green, beautiful grass. And it slowly fades into what looks like a desert place. And if we're not careful... 
As a child of God, we look like this when we're thriving. And all of a sudden, as Scripture deals with, we've got to break up some of the fallow ground. Can I share with you, the fallow ground being broken up takes a little bit of a work. It's a little painful. There might be some calluses on the hand. It might be some painful days. It might be some long hours. It might be some days where you're excruciating and, and agony and you're, you're asking the Lord why, but it's always to bring you back to this side where you're growing. Could I encourage you, if there's any jealousy, get it dealt with. Lord, we do thank you this morning. Lord, we come to you asking that you would help us. Lord, jealousy is killing Christians and churches and people and relationships and families and friendships. And Lord, you, you know everything. Lord, I don't want our church to be jealous of another church or a ministry. I don't want our our people to be jealous of each other. I don't want our people to be jealous of other people. Lord, I I want us to to rejoice in you and be thankful for what you've given us and how you're working in our lives. And Lord, to, to walk in grace and grow in grace and to love each other and to serve together. Lord, I know that Satan is slowly but surely watering these things. Lord, we need you. I pray that you would remove any form of jealousy this morning. Saul created an enemy that wasn't there. And if we're not careful, we do the same. Pray that you'd help us this morning. Guide us and direct us. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. With heads bowed, eyes.